Kevin Sorbo was the heroic Captain Hunt in the Andromeda series. He was Hercules, the strongman on television and movies for over a decade. And then he was an atheist professor in God's Not Dead. Bad guy turned good guy. Kevin just finished a new movie called Let There Be Light. Kevin Sorbo, he's a world-famous actor, but he's also a fascinating man with a compelling story. He and I will talk today about fatherhood, modern manhood, and taking a stand for God and righteousness in Hollywood. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Brave Men starts now. Kevin Sorbo, I want to thank you for being with us on this edition and episode of Brave Men. And we're talking about what's coming up, which is a brand new movie called Let There Be Light. And uh, I'm excited about that. But can I ask you a question about something in the past? Sure. Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. That was you, wasn't it? The TV show. That was that was me. <laughs> and and you did a hundred and eleven episodes. And five two-hour movies. The series started with five two-hour movies that we shot back in nineteen ninety-three and ninety-four. And Anthony Quinn played Zeus. I got a whole year working with Mr. Anthony Quinn, which is pretty amazing. Oh my and goodness! Loved the movie so much that even before they started airing them, we were uh, filming the third movie, and uh, we shot each movie about ten weeks and. Um, the studio, Universal Studios, said, we love what we see. We know this is going to be a big hit. So they they made it into a TV series. And by season wow. four, we passed Baywatch as the most watched TV show in the world in 176 <laughs> countries. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. So that means that for about seven years, you had to eat healthy. Um, I, I, I ate pretty healthy. I worked out pretty, pretty <laughs> strong. Uh, I was 14 hours a day on the set and two hours a day lifting heavy in the gym. So... Wow, was, and then uh, didn't you, know, I mean, didn't I, you it, yeah, pardon? Didn't you write a book about what happened through some of that physically? Yeah, at the end of season five, I was coming back to America because I shot all seven years down in New Zealand. I was coming back to America to do, uh, you know, Letterman, Leno, and about a lot of the other big talk shows, and uh, to promote my first big budget movie called Call the Conqueror, which is the prequel of Conan the Barbarian that Arnold Schwarzenegger did. Now, I was having problems with my left shoulder, but I was blowing it off because I was getting bumps and bruises and cuts all the time on the set. I was doing most of my own stunts because my ego said that I could. So uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I finally went to see a doctor, and they, they found a lump in my shoulder, and before they could figure out what it was, it ended up being an aneurysm that opened up and sent hundreds of clots down my arm, but unfortunately three of the clots went in my brain. I suffered three strokes. Wow. So I went from a guy that was in better shape than, you know, in my, I was in my 30s, better shape than most guys in their 20s, to a guy that couldn't even stand up and walk. And I took uh, three years to fully recover and uh, be able to walk and balance and have some semblance of uh, looking normal again. And uh, I've been very lucky and very blessed that uh, the strokes did happen where they happened in my vision and balance center. My vision came back, except 10% of it. And um, But, uh, you know, it was a long road, and I wrote True Strength. I do a lot of speaking events about it because uh, mm-hmm. it really is, it was my, I, I, as my wife said, I had faith, but I, I didn't need faith until I actually needed it. So I, I wow. wrestled with God, I wrestled with God quite a bit, but uh, don't wrestle with God because you will lose. But he, he definitely helped me get through what I had to get through and so did my wife. So true strength. So in that sense, this movie, Let There Be Light, which is this, this man caught 
in this place where where he he's totally against God and he's caught in this thing, really it mirrors your story. You know, in a way, in a way it does, certainly in the second half of it. I mean, I've never been an atheist. I've always been a believer. I grew up that way. I grew up going to church uh-huh. all my life with much of my parents. So I never really faltered in my faith. I mean, I'm, I'm certain I had questions as things went through, but I never right. stopped believing in, in God or Jesus. So that was always there. But um, this this really brought things into perspective for me, and I, I didn't have... I didn't have any vision as I was being rushed to the emergency room after my strokes, uh, like like my my uh, character does and let to be light. Right. But I really right. was shocked that I was as calm as I was, and I I was like, wow, I'm going to die today. And um, I don't know, I was oh. just it was total acceptance at that moment, and that sort of shocked me in a way. So that's where faith kicked in for you. In that yeah. sense, I mean, you believed in God, believed in Jesus, but now it became personal. Yeah, you know, it does, because, you know, we all know we're going to hit that roadblock in our life sometime, but I think we all think it's going to happen when we're 85, you know, not, not when we're in our 30s. So right. um, was, it, was a, it was a shocker to me. I mean, my, as my dad used to say, if your life is perfect, just wait a while, you know, because so, we all go through what we got to go through, and I've learned that everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Now, that means that, so it seems to me then, uh, Kevin, that Let There Be Light, which is this uh, great movie, and of course you weren't that character in terms of an atheist, this man is, has this amazing journey. But that makes this film very personal for you, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it was, um, my wife wrote it, and I read it, and I said, we got to get this thing made. It's such a great script. It's such a great story. To me, in a way, it's what God's Not Dead 2 should have been. And, um, but the, you know, I, I, I couldn't have been in God's not dead to the way that pure flicks did it. Cause I died in God's not dead one. So I couldn't, <laughs> but, um, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was interesting in a way. I mean, it's, it's not really similar to God's not dead, but it, right. it's, it's got sort of an offshoot and, you know, every, I, I hate calling these faith-based movies because I think every movie is a faith-based movie. If you think about it, they all have a, they all have a, an, an agenda to push. They all have their belief to push. Right. And uh, you know, so it's to me, this is a movie that uh, uh, I think families will really enjoy. There's a great message in this movie, and it's uh, it's about redemption. It's about second chances. It's a love story. It's about uh, fatherhood. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, messages in this movie. Now, you directed this. Uh yeah, and I will tell you, when you talk about it being a love story, when you and your wife, Sam, are on the screen at the same time, there is definitely a connection. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, she it's funny, you know, when she wrote it, it was the movie was for me. And then we met with uh, Dan Gordon's a good friend of ours. And we brought it to Dan Gordon. He's a, he's a very high-paid, high-profile writer in Hollywood. I mean, he was up for an Academy Award for his original wow. screenplay with uh, The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. He wrote Wider wow. for Kevin Costner. He was the showrunner of Jeez. I Would Have Heaven with Landon. I mean, this guy's done a lot of stuff. He came in and did a brush-up on the script. And after that, he said, so, um, Sam, you're going to play his wife, right? And she went, well, no, I thought we can't. No, no, you're playing the wife. And your kids, your kids should be in the movie, too. So he's the one who really pushed for it. My kids have been acting classes for three years now. And I auditioned them. And I said, guys, if, you, if I don't feel you can handle this, I'm not going to book you. Well, they end up stealing the movie. They've got all the best, best comedy lines in the movie. And they did a <laughs> wonderful job in it. Well, I do like the line that the uh, – 
that the pastor had. Uh, what's his name? The actor. That Michael Francis. He had he he. I, I started laughing when he said you're going to say you're going to uh, say uh, Jesus got whacked, right? <laughs> no, no, no. The one before that, where he said, "Am I stuttering or are you not wired for sound?" <laughs> <laughs> You know, that Michael Franzese story is an amazing one, if you know his story at all. I mean, here's a guy that yeah. was in the mob, uh, never ordered hit somebody, never killed anybody, but he did a lot of stuff that was illegal, and he ended up getting caught. And to reduce his sentence, he actually turned in um, his father, and he gave a lot of information. Wow. And his, his father put a hit on him in the, in the um, uh, prison. So they had to put him in solitary confinement for three years. And wow. during that time, there was a, um, uh, a very religious uh, Christian guard there that gave him the Bible to read. And he just told the guy to basically, you know, bugger off. And yeah. he started reading it, even reading it uh, front to cover 12 times while he was in prison and became a Christian. Mm. And so this part, he's a very good friend with Dan Gordon. And Dan wrote that part in there for him. And he is, he's great in this movie. He does a wonderful he, job. Yeah, he, you've got some great people in this and and he was tremendous and i yeah. thought your interaction with him it, it it you know sometimes things look scripted you know what i'm saying you watch a movie you go okay that's a scripted part and other times it looks like you just set up and shot something as it happened and that piece on the stairs where you talk to each other and he begins to walk you through into faith yeah, that's a that's a Holy Spirit moment right there. Yeah, well, there's no question, no question. I mean, they, we've had a number of screenings now, and and the people walking out, we're videotaping them and getting responses. I mean, people are crying. They're they're wow. saying this movie is unbelievable, and I mean, the the, the response we're getting are just phenomenal. But you know, we're we're an independent movie. We're a low budget movie. We you know it's a three million dollar budget. That's like a you know catering on Pirates of the Caribbean. You know. These people think, <laughs> Those things were three hundred million dollars. We can't compete with these big budget movies. But I'm telling you, I get stopped through airports, through malls, through grocery stores every single day by people saying, "It used to be because of Hercules or my other series, Andromeda." It is now almost all the time. Please make more movies like What If? God's Not Dead, wow. Able Field, yeah. these things. But here's the thing: they have to support it. Opening weekend is October 27th. If we don't get people in those seats in theaters. These small little indie movies that have wonderful stories, they're wonderful arcs in their character development. These movies die a quick and sudden death. So people need to support this movie. And that's what happened to God's Not Dead. God's Not Dead went from 700 screens to 2,000 screens in three weeks because people went out and supported it. So we'll go uh, October 27th. So that's an opening. Of, you, you, basically, your window is the first, what, three days? Is that right? It, it is. You got to do. You got to do well at Friday, Saturday, or Sunday on a, on a small indie okay. movie because then that'll make other theaters say, "Okay, we'll take it." Because right now, you know, it's hard. It's a hard to get out there in certain areas and certain theaters. I mean, we sort of know, you know, in the Bible Belt, and we know we know where the movies right. in the past from uh, Christian movies and uh, faith movies are movies that have morals and values. We know where they do well, so we go there mm -hmm. first. And um, yeah. if people and do well, then other areas that are more agnostic, so to speak, um, uh, we'll, we'll say, okay, you know, that movie did well. Let's, let's, let's give it a shot here, too. So for us who are followers of Christ, in order for us, to, to me, uh, a film like this, a project like this, is like a light in the darkness. And so for us to light a light 
and 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 of course that's how the movie ends. I don't want to give anything away, but for us to light a light in the darkness in places we can't go, if we would go to our local theater where we live on October 27, 28, and 29, if we did that, Kevin, you're saying that would actually help us light a light in other places. Oh, there's no question. There's no question about it. I mean, that that's that's the key right there. And we need, well, like I said, we need people to get out there. We need people to support the movie. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, Here's the thing. If people go to lettherebelightmovie.com slash pastors slash, so letthebelightmovie.com slash pastors slash, and get that to their pastors. And the pastors can download a link to the movie. They can tell their, their, their congregation, their flock, to support the movie and get out there. And, and that's sort of what we need. You know, letthebelightmovie.com is also a place where people can go. And, you know, if they go to their local theaters, and say, look, we want this movie. If you can get people to come out and say, hey, we guarantee we'll fill this mm-hmm. thing up over the week, then we'll get the movie there. It's just really as yeah. simple as that. And that's what they did with other movies like God's Not Dead or, or Abel's Field that I shot. So you're, this, this whole piece where the father in this movie comes through a transition in his life, you yeah. really speak loudly about the importance of fatherhood. Uh, our culture today... Where do you think that is in our culture today, and what's the solution for that, Kevin? Uh, you know, we face a tremendous crisis in fatherhood today. I mean, children who grow up without responsible father figures, they struggle with self-identity as, you know, as children of a, of a loving father and God, you know. Men who do not answer to a father's struggle to fulfill that father role, um, it's just it's a cycle, and the cycle just gets worsened. If you, if you look at the 60s, um, in the African-American community, for instance, there was 20% um, kids being grown up without a father. It's at 80% today, 80%. And look what that has so done. So flipped. Wow. Yeah, look at, look, at the, look at the amount of, you know, you look at the riots going on in Ferguson and in Baltimore and Chicago, all the killings and all that going on, and the majority are African-Americans. Now, I've always mm. asked people, I said, look, do you think those mostly under 30-year-old males, those young males, do you think they'd be out there destroying public and private property and hurting people and damaging, uh, you know, damaging and hurting other people as well. Do you think they'd be doing that if they had biblical principles in their life? I don't think so. I don't think there's any Mm. chance they'd be doing any of that stuff. We are are a very angry society right now. We're very lost, and and we've turned into a... Uh, you know, a secular country now, and this country is founded on Judeo-Christian values, and our founding fathers are turning over in their graves of what's happening to this country and to our Constitution. You know, you, um, you, you speak of that, and so really what it comes back to is, is men, right? And you've played these heroic characters, and, and now we're looking at, uh, we don't have any heroes or many heroes. We have some, but not many. Where are men? Where do you think men are today in our culture? You know, you, you, if you look at the, the television and movies, is they, they are so powerful. They have such a huge influence of, our, of uh, what forms our culture. And if you look at the '60s, the '60s were a big turning point in, in the movie making, where we 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 mm-hmm. made bad guys heroes. I mean, I like Butch mm-hmm. Cassidy and Sundance did too, but we made them romantic, funny, lovable figures. These guys in real life weren't the guys. 
you know, and we sit there and we glorify that. And that's and every movie's kind of gone that way now, where we make the bad guys as the people we should be, uh, you know, striving to be and, and be attracted to. With Hercules at its peak at 176 countries and the thousands of letters that came in every week, you would not believe the number of letters I got from out of orphanages, out of uh, kids being raised without a father, saying that I am wow. I am their. I'm their TV dad. They look at me for a moral compass. I mean, it's amazing to me, to, for me to really, it just sunk in how powerful the, the media of television and movies really are. And I, I'm not saying Hollywood should stop making the movies they're making, but I really think they should take a look at an audience out there that wants movies that have values, wants movies that have strong morals. And yet, for the most part, they don't really want to make them. They're making more, trust me, because they're waking up. It is called show business after all. So hopefully we see more yeah. things down the road. Yeah, you know, uh, so basically what you're saying is, because I remember in the 60s, and, and our friend uh, Ted Bear studied this and has written books about it, we basically, as Christians, followers of Christ, we basically bailed on Hollywood and said, well, we're just going to get out of there because they're you know, a bunch of bad guys. And, of course, we hear all the bad stories, and they are some tragic stories. But you're saying we should be involved. We need to be involved. We, we can't give up the fight. I mean, it's, if we give up the fight, I mean, the country, you look at where we are today, and we've talked a little bit about it, where, where you know, students are going into universities having a belief or some sort of belief, and four years later they're coming out without one. You know, you got, you got students at Cal Berkeley, supposedly the, the birthplace of the freedom of speech in the 60s, won't let people that have a differing point of view of them come and speak at the university. And to do it, mm. they sit there and scream for their little safe zones, and they, they destroy their own university, breaking windows and burning cars. I mean, it's pathetic. You know, they're, they're, and they cover their faces. They wear, they wear um, uh, the Russian flags. Yeah. They wear communist flags. And you're going, are you kidding me? Really? These kids have no idea. I mean, I, uh, nobody's swimming from Key West to Cuba, okay? No one's going there. <laughs> so don't tell me that it's great. I've got friends that, that had to escape Cuba, and trust me, they'll tell you what they feel about communism. Yeah, well, we've got, yeah, we've got that, uh, you know, Ted Cruz, our senator here in Texas, his, his father. It would be a testimony to that story. So you've had great audience response. We need to go to uh, Let There Be Light movie.com and and then you've got backslash pastors is that right yes yep okay slash let be light movie.com people get all kinds of information and uh, okay. really it's just a matter of people going to the local churches and their local theaters and saying hey we want this movie in here and they can yeah. they can reach uh any of us through let there be light uh, movie.com, and we will definitely okay. get all the ammunition and information that you, you possibly need to to get us to come to your town. You uh, you poured your life into it, you and your wife and your entire family, children and two. You poured your life into this uh, for quite some time now, over the past uh, couple of years. Uh, what's your hope out of this, Kevin? Well, really, I, I hope that it, it it does have a chance to change people's lives. I mean. Like I said, we've been, we've been, here, here's what I feel about movies. Okay, Jesus spoke through parables, right? Mm -hmm. Storytelling is, is, is really, it's communicating on, on a visceral level. It's through, through emotions and uh, through memory. We, we want to tell stories that move people to be more than what they thought they could be. We want to empower people to uplift people. And especially now with everything happening, not only in Hollywood, yeah. but people need to reach out and support specifically Christian cinema because 
we, we have a worldview that we want to advance too, in a way. We want to promote virtue and faith. And uh, if we're going to have a, a culture we want to live in, we need Christian cinema to take a leading role in this. So I'm hoping that people find the story relatable, because I think it really is. It's going to ring true for people. I'm proud of this film. I'm humbled that I got to participate in a, in a project that has been amazingly blessed. Because you don't understand, most movies, you have a script or an idea. Once that is there, if it makes it to the movie screens, it takes anywhere from three to five years. My wife wrote the script. I read it. Three days later, we got called from Sean Hannity. He said, look, Kevin, I love your movies that you do. I want to do something. We went to New York. We pitched him. Wow. He loved it. And he said, I'm in. And then he left us alone, and within four months we were filming this movie. And so from the minute Sam wrote the script to the minute uh, that we had a finished project, it was, it was a year, one year. It's a God oh thing all goodness. the way. It's a God thing. That is thing. a God no thing. And, and we're going to believe that for this to have an impact in culture because I, I do believe in this. I believe that God gave us these tools in order to shine a light in the darkness and bring people to faith in Christ. So, Kevin Sorbo, thank you for taking the time to be with us. And My um, brave men. And, uh, you know, we're, and we're going to be praying for you for what's next after this also. All right. Got a lot of stuff lined up. And, it's, you know, like, like I said, it's, it's always tough. I mean, it sounds like a big budget, but most of my movies are family-friendly in that 2 to $5 million range. So if there's yeah. a bunch of people out there who want to put together a movie with me, give me a call. So Let's do it. Make more movies. <laughs> All right, Kevin. God bless you and your wife, Sam, and family. And uh, may the Lord be with you. Thank you for All being right, thank here. Thank you very much, sir. God bless. God bless. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Global Fatherhood Initiative. Connect with Paul at bravemen.men. That's bravemen.men.